What's going on, Zag fans? This is host Jake coming to you live from Alaska. Uh, we got a lean, mean crew tonight. It's a holiday slowdown, so we're doing a two-man show. I'm joined by, I'm not going to call him intern because, you know, it's just him. So we'll say co-host this episode, Dan. Dan, how are we feeling? Feeling great, Jake. It's uh, nice to be elevated to the host seat. Um, I, I joked about this earlier this week, but uh, I think today's episode needs to be called Pardan My Jake. Uh, as it is just just you and me here chopping it up uh, talking sports so nobody nobody I'd rather do it with I'm glad that uh, all is well up in Alaska you uh, ready for Christmas or what oh I'm, I'm very ready you know you've got the the frozen view looking out so it's already dark here and it's um it's almost four so you know um how, how's Spokane treating you are, are you excited to head down to LA for some sunshine uh, I am. I am. It'll be good. Honestly, I think now that I live in Spokane and, you know, we put in the effort to get the lights up, do the tree, not being here on Christmas is kind of a bummer, um, but it'll be great to be with the fam. And then we'll we'll be back up here uh, shortly after Christmas and kind of do do Christmas, Christmas with the Arnesons. So it'll be a good time. Um, looking forward to it and uh, looking forward to diving in here, Jake, because uh, I don't think I don't know if this is the happiest Christmas that uh, Zag fans have had um, that I can think, but remember just, just for the listeners, just to know we are about an hour out from hopefully another win against Jackson state. But um, I think we got to just dive right into, to what happened last Friday, huh? Yeah. If we lose to Jackson state, we're just deleting this episode and not posting it, <laughs> but yeah, diving in um, Gonzaga played number five UConn at uh, the climate pledge arena in Seattle and we're soundly beaten 76 to 63. Uh, I was at this game and just quick reaction from being at the game. I've, I don't think I can remember uh, Gonzaga crowd being taken out of the game so quickly. It was just so obvious that uh, UConn was the better team uh, that day. And, you know, so far the entire season than the Zags were. And, um, you know, the crowd kept trying to keep, you know, get the energy up again. You know, I think we brought it to within 10 at one point and that felt like the the closest we got, but uh, yeah, the, the Huskies kind of spanked us here. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, you say that, that, that like being in the arena felt like there was a, a huge gap between the two teams. I mean, really watching that game in the first half, like, I was pretty content with how we looked minus the last couple of minutes. I, I thought that going into that game, um, you know, UConn is physical. They they rebound super well. I thought we did a great job of matching that intensity. And 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 that to me was where I thought maybe that is having not having the right like effort or not not that they don't have the right effort, but just the right guys to kind of win a game like that against a team like that. Um, but once again, it's, Hey, we played a team that makes threes and we are a team that misses threes. And even in the first half, we didn't really shoot that many, but, um, UConn shot the, I, I think Bobby, uh, or Danny Hurley said it after the game, they were shooting the, you know, cover off the ball in the first half and they absolutely were. And you knew, and you knew that was going to be a, a bad recipe for us. Um, I think for me, it's like, dude, like I, we, you know, we have double digit losses now to UConn and Purdue, you know, number one, number five in, in, in these eight peoples uh, right now. Um, and 
there's there's clearly a tier above that 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 we're not there, but I just don't feel like we're that far off from being a very good team. And there are things that that need to change. We need to make shots. We need to not break down as we did on defense. And and I thought that that UConn just made us pay every time we had a little breakdown, they'd get a layup. And every time we'd get close, they'd silence it with a clinging lob or something like that. So, um, you know, I I think you look at the final score, you see we lost d- double digits. I felt like we battled. I was I, I was okay with the way that game went. Uh, and there's there, there's a lot that this team needs to do. And luckily, we don't play in the NCAA tournament until March. And yes, we got some work to get there. But um, you know, I just believe in the program, the ability to to take experiences like this, get better from it, and when it's when it's winning time and, and we and we have to win these games, we're gonna find a way to do it. Yeah, I, I mean I agree with a lot of your points. Um I think my biggest concern was us not being able to get into our offense, it felt like. Uh we only had five assists in the game, which is I can't remember a, a game where we've had that few assists. Like we had eleven turnovers and five assists. So you just, you know, that's that's just not a well oiled offense right now um it also felt like uh having the guard depth being limited you know there's no luca uh he's out what for about a month with a broken hand he broke it right in warm-ups it felt like we have no if our guards aren't playing their best which you know people have off nights we have no other option like you nemhard hickman and stromer need to be on consistently or at least two out of three of them need to be on for this this team to get clicking and um i was encouraged by watson's aggressiveness it felt like he's definitely the leader of this team he's not shying away um i'll ask you dan were you i was a little kind of surprised how how little ek impacted the game it felt like he didn't show up i was just gonna say jake to your point with you know we have these guards all three of them need to be you know playing well or we need EK to take on some of that load. And he just was a complete no-show in this game. And I think the matchup with Donovan Klingon just wasn't a good one for him. I think Klingon is a way better athlete than uh, Zach Eady. And, you know, we saw him go go toe-to-toe with, with uh, Zach Eady, and it was pretty solid. And we saw EK, the way that he was handling, you know, handling himself and performing a big game and did a great job. But Klingon was just a little bit of a different animal. Um, and you know, EK's not a seven footer and Klingon's what seven, two, seven, three, and, um, just, just couldn't, couldn't impact the game the way that, that we need him to. I mean, luckily there aren't a whole lot of those types of guys out there that are going to completely er- erase Graham EK from a game like that. But I think the, you know, big thing for me that stood out is when we play that way and we can't shoot, everything else just has to be perfect. And, there were opportunities that we had even where, where they weren't threes. They were good looks inside that, that, that we couldn't get to fall in. Our defense would play pretty good defense for, you know, 25 seconds in the shot clock and then five seconds they break down and there's a wide open layup. And um, there's just a lot of pressure on this team to, to kind of overcome the shooting that, um, you know, just, we just got to get better there. And uh, I, I don't know what it is. I think going back to your point about the assists, like some of those, that you know what the reason why the assist number was so low is because guys couldn't throw a rock in the ocean in that game and even when there are good looks like I think the quality of our looks is still there I think if you if you look at you know what we're trying to do and get guys open looks like they're there and they just need to make 
they just need to make them. And, and I think, you know, people can, can say, all right, like, what is Mark few going to do to make adjustments? Like Mark few can't shoot for guys, unfortunately, like <laughs> I, at some point, these guys are here. They're talented. They're, they're wearing a Gonzaga uniform for a reason. They, they need to start making plays. Um, so, you know, I think, I think those were, those are my things. Like we need way more from Graham. Um, I'm curious, like what the roster shakeup might look like. Like, could you see some changes with the rotation starting lineup, anything like that? Yeah, I think for for changes in the lineup, um, I think just because like we've been talking about three point shooting is what we desperately need. Do we put Ben Gregg into the starting lineup and just play big, like, and have Stromer first one off the bench? Because you know we have Huff who can sub in for the centers when they need a like a breather. We're not worried on on big depth, and it feels like we kept trying to put in JSY at stretches. Not in this game, just because UConn, it would not have gone well. But JSY just has no real defense ability. So even though I think he has a, he's a pure shooter right now than Stromer, um, I think he's kind of unplayable in big games. But I wouldn't mind playing a a, a big lineup of Stromer, Watson, Ike, and then, of course, Hickman and, and Nemhard. Yeah, I, I think that that going to that big lineup, that one that everybody seems to not be fans of at the beginning of the year with uh, Anton at the three, I think we're going to have to do that a, a whole lot more. And I kind of agree with you. I, I think this is something that I I heard it thrown around um, by one of my coworkers who went to GU and then also by uh, Richard Fox. He, he said, like, if he was making a change right now, like he would start Ben Gregg and, and have Dusty off the bench and have ball handling off the bench, have a guard that can come off the bench and play and, and give your guys, uh, you know, a breather. And then maybe, you know, Dusty, Dusty always brings great energy. So Dusty can be, uh, you know, a great guy to bring off the bench along with Braden and, you know, those seven plus, plus JSY, that's your crew. And, and I think, I think JSY um, offensively, you know, gets the job done. I, I do like, the way that he shoots it from the corner and in the wing, I think defensively, he's really good just one-on-one, but when there's like rotations involved and scheme and like how his role changes in the possession, that's where things break down and they break down bad. Uh, So I agree that he is a little bit unplayable at times, but hopefully, you know, in in a game like tonight, Jackson state, like he, he can get out there, show that he can hang and not break down and, and, and build confidence in that coaching staff. And then, Again, like we need to see the ball just go in the hole. We need to see these guys prove to themselves they can make shots. They've done it before. They've done it their career. Nolan Hickman is way better than he than than he's shown. Uh, I think I mean he was really disappointing in climate pledge. And I think Ryan Nemhart's shooting 18% from three. So yeah, um, and he was 35% last year. So that's going yeah. to improve. You know, a, yeah, right? a player like that's not gonna stay below 20. So, um, you know, I I think um seeing what those what those adjustments look like, like I think Ben Gregg deserves a spot in the starting lineup. I think Ben Gregg deserves to play more. And I think that it's not even like demoting Dusty. Like Dusty is doing good things. I I, I thought the way he played in this game was pretty, pretty damn admirable for a, uh, you know, true freshman that wasn't supposed to be in this role coming into this year. I thought defensively he did a good job. He got his boards. Yeah. He didn't hit his threes. He was over two, but he, he kind of knew his role and, and he, he, he did well in his role. Uh, we need guys that can start knocking down those threes and, um, you know, getting somebody like Ben Gregg in the lineup and having a shooter like that right off the bat, that could also kind of change the title a little bit. Yep, I, I completely agree. I mean, I think we're just, we're like you said, we're not at that UConn or Purdue or probably Arizona, 
Arizona level yet. You could probably throw Houston in there too. Um, but we're, you know, we're a young team besides a couple of old veterans, but they haven't played together. You know, only three people have played together last year. What was Watson, Hickman, and kind of Ben Greg. So it's a patience game. It's a patience game this season. We just got to keep holding on, win the games that are winnable. I think the UW loss is Scott. That just, just keeps stinging more and more because if we had beaten UW and lost to UConn the same way, like I wouldn't be feeling nearly as concerned. Yeah. I th- Yeah. That, that UW loss is going to just piss us off all year long. I think, I think UW is, is a better team than maybe we thought they were. And, um, you know, I've seen things right now that projects them in the NCAA tournament, which is good because I don't think UCLA and USC will be there based on what's going on with those two teams. And I think UCLA lost to Cal State Northridge last night. Oh, that is horrendous. I saw Cooper's text uh, in the group message saying that UCLA loss was going uh, was should be thrown in the trash or UCLA win. And yeah. I didn't I didn't look who they lost to, but that is a bad that's a bad one. It is. It is. And I, you know, I, I think you guys last week were, were uh, talking about kind of where we're at in the panic meter. Like has the panic meter shifted for you uh, after the UConn game? No, I, I think it's about the same. I mean, like you said, we played one, we didn't even play bad. Just, we didn't, we couldn't get our offense going and UConn shot it amazing in the first half. And when you can't make a three, you can't come back. Like we were trying. Like we kept taking, you know, threes in the second, which wasn't our game. You know, this team needs to get an early lead, defend it, hold it, then get out and run when you force turnovers. That's how we're going to win. And it's just hard to do that against UConn. So I'll keep us at the same. I think that's a five, maybe five and a half, where before I think I said, you know, just keep the sweet 16 run alive. But now it's like, you know, I'm still very confident we'll make the tournament, but there's, you know, shadows of doubts flitting, flitting about. Yeah, no, I, I think I think I'm with you on that. Um, that can change drastically uh, based on what happens next week when we do take on San Diego State. And um, I think, you know, here in the in the spirit of the Christmas season, what do I want for Christmas, Jake? I want a quad one victory. And you know how we can get one of those? We can beat San Diego State next Friday in the kennel, no students there, but uh, still huge matchup, you know, reigning um, national finalists coming in, coming into town. San Diego State's not quite as good as they were last year, of course, but uh, still a quality opponent and a win that I think if you think about a December home game, as much of a must win as maybe we've, we've seen kind of in our time as being Zag fans. I'd a hundred percent agree. San Diego State coming in, they're ranked 29th in Ken Palm. Um, they've played a lot of similar teams we have. They beat UW in a three-point overtime win, so that's basically where we were against them. Uh, beat down on St. Mary's. Uh, loss of BYU and Grand Canyon, you know, so we've all these teams we're very familiar with, but uh, they are definitely a tough team. And what they're led by is if they're centered, is it Jaden Lady? Lady? Uh, Jaden Ladie, that sounds right. I remember him from last year. Yeah, he's he's killing it right now. Um, so I think stopping him is probably the the biggest priority for the Zags. But I think we'll do okay because he's a he's a very skilled big, but he he doesn't have like you know the 
the size intimidation like a Klingon or a Zach Eady have. So we should be able to slow him down with the amount of bigs we have. Yeah, I think I think it's a great bounce back opportunity for Graham E.K. Uh, kind of a, a familiar foe as well, and as a uh, Mountain West opponent since Graham was at was at Wyoming previously. Uh, I don't know if the players are the same, but I think it's still you know the same the same uh, coach Brian Dutcher coaching the Aztecs. So uh, I think I think that's a great opportunity for a Graham to bounce back, and then also a little uh, revenge game potentially for Ryan Nemhard as San Diego state was the team that knocked Creighton out last year in the elite eight. So um, I would love to see, uh, you know, Zags kind of chip on their shoulder coming out and defending their home court. I, I do think no, no students does make a big difference. Unfortunately. Um, I think if students were, were on campus, I, I'd feel like I'd feel good about us pulling out a, you know, 10 point win, maybe. Um, but I think, you know, as it's going, as it's going to be just kind of, kind of with, with that environment, what it is like probably looking at like a five to nine point game would kind of be my thought with the way that those two teams stack up. Well, yeah, yes. Ken Palm agrees with you. They currently, they project uh, us to beat San Diego state 76, 70, which feels pretty fair. San Diego state, definitely their defense is their, the better part of their team. They don't do anything amazing, but they do everything good. So mm-hmm. you just have, to, I think whatever team plays the cleaner game will win this one. And yeah, I I would love to have, a you know, a kickstart game for Namhart. It feels like he has all the peace. Everything's there. All the talents are. You just got to ignite this car. And um, then I think that'll solve a lot of problems. So really hoping this is the game where he gets moving. Yeah, no, it it, it is imperative that he gets going and that he can uh just be respectable from the three-point line too because otherwise teams are going to be kind of sagging off and 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 cutting off that you know driving lane for him and that's I think where he's at his best is uh driving you know penetrating kick penetrate dish like whatever whatever uh you know he can do to kind of jumpstart that offense but you know really I'm I'm thinking about him from three and it's kind of reminding me of uh Ryan Woolridge Remember when when we played one of those teams that just de- de- absolutely refused to guard him from three, and he just like starts just knocking him down. Like I don't want to get to that point with Nemar, but I feel like if we do, he can see a couple go through, and 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 that can that can change things for him. I I totally forgot about that weird narrative that Ryan uh, Woolridge couldn't make a three, and it was just because he was such a fast driver. Like he didn't need to. That wasn't our game plan. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah I, uh... I hope that's right. Yeah, I, I think um, you know, again, just absolutely massive game. Like we win this, that that's our non-conference minus Kentucky. Like I can look at it and be like, okay, like was it what we wanted it to be? Absolutely not. But did did we salvage it? Did we bring in some momentum into conference? Absolutely. Um dropping this game would be full um full on five alarm fire as far as I'm concerned. Uh if we if we were to lose this one. It puts all the pressure in the world on going to Lexington and winning to probably maybe have an at-large resume. Um, so, you know, I think we just need to look at it what it is. We got this game right now, win the game, go to conference, and just keep on growing, get better as a team. I think if you look at our our, our coaching staff and the way that they've been successful, like I feel like we're always kind of playing our best, our best brand of basketball towards the end of the year for the most part. 
Um, and, and always, you know, a team that, that comes in with some momentum, uh, you know, Danny Hurley said, Hey, we're going to be a load to deal with in March. We're going to be there. I firmly believe it. It starts with a win against San Diego state, um, which, which I firmly expect will happen. Um, I'm trying to see if I can weasel my way into the kennel, see if I can explore some, some connections. <laughs> uh, but so far, my email has not been responded to, but we'll see. Uh, but uh, that would be a very fun game to go to. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, at least have Zamblin's energy. I would imagine he's going to the game. So we need that uh, that chaos being brought we into the, the kennel. Okay. We so, Dan, Zags win this game if. Zags win this game if. Uh, Graham Ike scores... 18 points. Ooh, I like that. I think, I think we're going to be at our best offensively when Graham is scoring in the inside that can open things up, get the ball outside. And, and honestly, like, I don't want our, our, our shooters to just start, just start not shooting. Like they need to maintain their confidence. The best way to get out of a slump is shoot your way out of it. Uh, and I think, you know, that, that inside outside game, I think that's when, that's when we're historically at our best and, we have a player that can make that happen. And that quite frankly needs to, if we're going to be the type of team that we think we're capable of. I like that. I, I like that a lot. Um, I think I'll make mine. I think Zags win. If we just win the rebounding battle, uh, you know, San Diego state really plays a kind of, you know, they, they don't rely on one person. It's a lot of gang rebounding and they have a lot of bodies to throw, but I think if both these teams don't have the best offense, I think whoever, gets the most second chance opportunities will will definitely win um i could see us still winning if san diego state out rebounds us just because i think we have the better team talent wise but um i would like to take that away because that is one thing this ags team does very well we're a top 10 team in offensive rebounding percentage and maybe it's because we uh you know miss so many threes so there's just so many opportunities but um I would love to keep that momentum going because, you know, you can't control if the ball goes in from a three, but you can control if you get the loose ball. So. Absolutely. I think, I think that is a great, great stat to watch. I do like that about our team and the way that we are relentless on the boards. Um, and again, I think the, the confidence that can be gained from going in and playing a team like UConn and beating them on the glass, like that, that's a huge accomplishment. I think if, if if you told the staff, hey, we're gonna out we're gonna out rebound out rebound UConn, they'd feel good about their chances. Um, and again, it just comes down to putting the ball in the hole to make or miss league. Um, gotta start doing it. There's just no way no way around it. Yeah, it is crazy. We had 14 offensive rebounds in that game and only scored 63 points. Like that just that's just you just can't make a bucket. Yeah, no, and you know like. Sometimes like you can get, get, get a great look. It doesn't go in. Like I'm not one that's just going to look at a team and be like, Oh, like we're missing shots. We're not good. Like I, I want to see all the other elements of our team. And, and I think the, those other things are there. And if we can start shooting the ball, like we have the capability to get hot and I think we can turn into a damn good team. Uh, but if we can just get a little bit better, we'll be pretty good. And it's just kind of baby steps from here. But um, I still, I still believe in the squad and uh, things are going to turn. Okay, score predictions. I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, I think we win this one on the defensive end. I think the 
Um, I think Mark Few is really going to, you know, be in the guy's ears. You know, we're going to defend our floor. I think he's going to say, you know, maybe the offense isn't going, but we can still win defensively. So I'm going to say 75-60 Zags, and I'll go – I like yours. I'll go EK with uh, 15 points. Okay. 15-point win, holding the Aztecs to 60. I I was thinking a little bit higher scoring. I was going to go Zags 81, Aztecs 73. Nice little – Nice little eight point win, and and it's it's got to be on the heels of Graham because if we can get it to where Graham is efficient inside, like there's our offense, and he's fully capable of kind of carrying us offensively. And then once the double team comes, make the right play out of it. And I think Graham Ek leads us with eighteen points, and that's my exact formula for Zags win if, and that's how the Zags will win. Jacob, I I love it. Um, speaking of Zags dominating, um, our good old friend Chet Holmgren has been killing it recently in the NBA. Uh, his last two games, he's averaging eight blocks a game, not rebounds, blocks. He had a nine block game against, I believe it was, uh, the, the Nuggets. So the, the past NBA champions. And then he had a seven block game against, oh. Trying to remember who they just most recently played. Another solid team in the West. But um yeah, I think um Chet's almost moving on from like lock to rookie of the year to is there a possibility he could be defensive player of the year? Who is like who's the betting favorite to be defensive player of the year? Do you know? Right now, I believe it's Anthony Davis, who's having a very good year, but He's also made a glass, so he could miss, you know, a good third of the season later on. Um, I want to say Brooke Lopez might also be in that. And then kind of su- surprise uh, SGA isn't in that, too, because he's averaging almost three steals a game. So, um, but I think three guys. Oh, Evan Mobley is the third one in front of mm. Chet. But I think he's also injured. Well, Anthony Davis does have something that Chet does not have, and that is the illustrious in-season tournament championship banner now hanging proudly at Crypto.com Arena. So we'll see he how wants that, to get the LA boost. that sways the voters. He can't, uh, the, yeah, Dan, as an LA fan, what do you think of a team with, what, do they have 13 championships? Something 16, like that? 16, if not 17. I think 17. What do you, where would, do they even have room for this thing? They put it next to their like Minneapolis Lakers uh, banners. But um, I mean, to me, this is something that Adam Silver probably said, hey, whoever wins this is getting a banner and you're going to hang it up and you're going to act like it means something. Um, It's kind of a joke that the Lakers did it. But like, you know, if it if say the Pacers won that, like the Pacers Pacers had a banner, that'd be sick. Like maybe have a parade. I don't know. But um, yeah, I think that maybe it was just because it's the inaugural one that they hang it. But I mean, if we get to a point where just every team just has an in-season tournament banner, that's just it's not cool anymore. Yeah. It's not cool to begin with, really. But <laughs> um, were you surprised by how well Chet's playing this year? Do you think he would be this dominant this early? You know what's funny with Chet is I remember watching him in high school and being like, ah, like, is this really gonna translate to college? Is he is he gonna dominate college? Yep. Uh, and now it's like, okay, he's going to the pros. Is it really going to work? And he's dominating again. So 
Um, he just continues to prove everybody wrong. He is a true unicorn. It's awesome to see. I think what he does for uh, you know, Gonzaga's NBA street cred is is pretty pretty huge. Obviously, you know, real basketball people know what Sabonis is and what he does, but but Chet Chet's more the highlight guy. Chet Chet's the bigger name, and um, it it is awesome seeing that and really seeing just the NBA as a whole, just the Zags in the NBA, just how much better it is than when we first started caring about Gonzaga and all we had was was Kelly Olenek, who's still yeah. there. Still, still, still. Remember who- how excited we were when Nigel Williams-Goss got drafted in the second round? We are like, oh, he made it. He made it. <laughs> that that was a big one. And did he ever play an actual NBA game for the Jazz? I don't even think so. Wait, no, he, he played a couple. It, maybe okay. it was just Summer League, but he played a bit. Uh <laughs> Speaking of summer league, I remember I remember watching Josh Perkins summer league games with the Hornets and getting excited. <laughs> yep. Oh God. My how this program has come, but uh, but yeah, love to see Chat doing his thing. Just stay healthy, big fella. Keep on rolling. Take the Thunder on a deep playoff run, and um, you know, really get him playing on like the national stage because I think still you know Thunder, cool cool team, but until they really play for something, um, people just a casual NBA fan may not really realize just how good Chet is. So hopefully he'll get that opportunity to showcase that. And uh, with that, Jake, we'll just keep this train train rolling. Boys are, are moving today. We got a great pace. Um, moving on to some kind of breaking news here today uh, concerning the WCC. And no, it's not that Gonzaga is leaving. It's that Washington State and Oregon State appear to be joining the conference for basketball. Uh, initial reactions to that, Jake, what are we thinking? I kind of love it. Um, I was really surprised because normally with moves like this, it feels like rumors kind of leak, you know, um, like, oh, these teams are talking so-and-so, you know. But this, it it was just announced. Like, I woke up this morning. I'm like, oh, geez, they're, they're in the WCC for all sports except baseball, I believe. Um, and, yeah, I, I love it. I mean, it's just good to have bigger schools with, like, bigger budgets to play. I know – competition wise what wazoo and oregon state are probably like san francisco on on their good years level um but hey that's better you know it raises the floor it gives us a couple more like if not quad one at least quad two wins and um then also gotta love an in-state rival so yeah no i i think it is cool i i I think um having the bigger schools with with the bigger budgets i'm curious to see kind of what they're like athletic spending looks like now that they don't have, uh, you know, power five football money, but that's okay. I, I still think that it, it will make the league better. Um, it is interesting. I don't, I, I wonder how the Zags actually feel about this. Cause um, you know, we don't really like to play Wazoo to begin with. Um, I think it's kind of just a weird game and there's no point in going to Pullman and they don't want to come here. So now we're just forced to do it. Maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be neutral in the arena. I don't know. Um, not that that's that, that neutral, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we, we saw an Oregon state team that went on a pretty good deep tournament around a couple of years ago. So both schools are capable of, of having good teams. Um, does that, does a move like this keep GU in the WCC long-term? I don't think it really has any sort of, uh, you know, impact on that. I still think that we're looking at big picture and, getting to be, you know, kind of, kind of with the big boys, whether that's the big 12 or whatever that is. 
but definitely a huge surprise. I did not see this coming at all. No. And it's interesting because right now I think Wazoo and Oregon state uh, was just recently judged that they, they get to keep like all the revenue from this last year of the PAC 12 deal. Um, and I think, yeah, UW kept trying to throw a fit, but like the Supreme court of Washington just shut them down. So um, it will be very interesting to see where these teams pivot to because they have a lot of revenue right now, but you kind of got to figure out your footing. So uh, I would love if somehow their basketball team stayed in the conference. And then also I'm sure for our other sports, you know, like soccer, you know, uh, cross country, whatever, everything that it, it kind of helps, you know, uh, what rising tide lifts all boats type of situation. But um, it wouldn't surprise me if we're just kind of their stabilizing as they use us, the WCC, to like negotiate to a next bigger conference. Oh, yeah. I, I don't see this as a long-term solution. Like, they seem very out of place in the WCC with yeah. all our, you know, religious-affiliated schools. And then here comes two two big state schools. And here comes hey, the heathens. Guys, you got room for us? Like, it's just, it's 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 honestly kind of sad that like they have to come from the Pac-12 to our, you know, little WCC. But, hey, we'll be good neighbors. We'll welcome them. Is there like a small town like halfway in between Pullman and Spokane? Because we should just do like a random that's where the Wazoo Gonzaga game should be. Just kind of like a field of dream. Played play it in a high school there. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Sell tickets uh, at like an outrageous price. Let, let me let me pull up the map real quick, Jake, and and just kind of tell you the first town that comes to mind. Oh God. Um we got Colfax. That's a little bigger, but it's definitely closer to, to Pullman. Uh, then we just got a whole lot of nothing just driving through the Palouse. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there are schools out here. Uh, there's got to be an if there's infrastructure that can accommodate. Uh, there's got to be a, a hangar or something. You know, we just we just build a court there. I don't know, but I like the idea. I like the idea. I don't. I don't know if that'll be doable if they have the infrastructure to handle a D one basketball game somewhere, just <laughs> just on the side of the road there. But maybe we can dream. All right. Well, let's move on. Um, the rest of college basketball, the landscape. So we have a new number one again. Purdue reclaims the title after beating um, Arizona. And a in a close battle that uh it honestly kind of felt like uh the game the Zags played against Purdue, where you know it was very close at the first half, felt like you know Arizona could kind of pull away, and then Purdue just couldn't be stopped down low with Zach Eady. Um but Dan, any other um what reactions to to the rankings? Zags dropped from 10 to 15, which I think we're very happy having what three losses and we're only we're still at 15. Yeah, we're one of uh let's see three te- four teams with three losses that are still in the top 25. Um uh that's not I missed the team there. I think there's, there's like, like five. But there's yeah. five of them. There's five of them. But but yeah, I mean I I think um in in terms of of our ranking like yeah, we we fell down five spots. We we lost to a, a legit title contender, a number five team. Um, I don't think we should get dinged too hard for that. Uh, but I mean, I, I think that really the kind of bigger picture of this is that 
you know, I think if you if if you look at the AP poll right now, if you look at, I, I was gonna say I was gonna start it at like seven and give Marquette the benefit of the doubt and put them in the in the top tier, but they just lost kind of big last night to Providence. So I mean, I, I think if you look at it, you got like teams like Marquette, Oklahoma, Tennessee, North Carolina, Creighton, Illinois, Gonzaga. Like they're it's just all lumped together. I, I have no idea who beats who on any given night. Um, I think it'll you know there's a ton of parity in that group right there. And then I think too, like if you look at that, at that top tier of teams, like Purdue's number one, Purdue's gettable, Purdue lost on the road at Northwestern. Like there, there's no, you know, uh, just unbelievable team that everyone's going to be, going to be chasing. I, I think that, that, that top spot's going to flip a lot throughout the year. Uh, and, you know, really, I think the top five right now, Purdue, Kansas, Houston, Arizona, UConn, those are probably a little bit of a tier above. Um, and then kind of everybody else just kind of clawing to 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 maybe enter that conversation. Yeah. I feel like Houston is a bit of a kind of paper tiger right now where they, they're they 11-0 undefeated, so you can't take that away from them. But, you know, they barely beat Texas A&M. They barely beat Xavier. Like, they don't have a lot of quality wins. I guess, like, the 10-point win against Utah – and Utah's not that good. It's probably their best win. Um, I also want to just give a shout out to JMU. Uh, they're undefeated and ranked twentieth, and they just like what happened to the sports program? Like they're coming out of nowhere in both basketball and football. Like, yeah, I I I don't know what conference they were in in basketball previously because I don't think they were always in the Sun Belt, were they? Do you know? I have no idea. Way too, way too in the weeds <laughs> on JMU athletic department. Um, but I wonder if, you know, moving it over from uh, FCS and football to FBS, there's obviously some more money in that, that, that maybe uh, has been, has been kind of spread elsewhere too. And they're, they're turning into a, a formidable, formidable program. But, um, you know, I think again, it's like, you know, the Zags are, are kind of middle of the road 15. Like I, I feel like, for the remainder of the year, that's probably kind of where we're at. Like, I don't really think we crack the top 10 unless we get on a hot streak that starts tonight and that rolls through a, you know, convincing win at, at Kentucky, um, who right now, I think, what are they, eight? Yes, they're eight. Okay. So that's that's going to be a obviously a marquee game for us. And, you know, a win at Kentucky in February, I think will, um, you know, kind of put – put to bed the uh the panickers and the one that want to jump off and say Mark Fuse lost it and that this is the end of Gonzaga. Um so there's you know still some opportunities for us. I think where we're at in the rankings makes sense. Um and you know it's only only December, but but the way it is right now, it would make for one hell of an NCA tournament. I don't think anybody would know a damn thing. Everything would be close and um I think we're gonna be in for in for a fun, you know, three months here. Yeah. Is if we beat San Diego State, like we don't really have another tough test until maybe at Santa Clara on January 11th, you know. And no offense to Santa Clara, but that's a game we should win. And then, like, maybe at San Francisco because we don't play St. Mary's until February, and St. Mary's isn't the normal St. Mary's, so we could easily climb up into because, like you said, that the teams all around us are so you know evenly matched and that they're going to be taking a lot of losses come conference time just because they they're playing better competition so it would not surprise me if we walk in 
if we beat San Diego State, if we go into Rupp Arena and we're ranked like sixth or seventh, just because Ooh. teams around us are losing. Because, yeah. you know, you look at the teams in front of us, like Baylor got just whomped by Michigan State. That was that was wild. And then, you know, you have like Oklahoma, who how long are they going to be undefeated once they start Big 12? Uh, UNC, Creighton, Florida Atlantic, Illinois, you know, like a lot of those teams are going to be taking losses between now and when we play Kentucky. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, I think that, yeah, that that Baylor-Michigan State game, that was certainly – That was yeah. surprising. And JMU beat Michigan moment. State at Michigan State. I was like, Michigan what's State, happening here? Michigan State's been awful, but they, uh, they, they definitely got off the mat in that one. They – they kind of showed a little bit of fight um, and absolutely blew them out. And now Baylor and Duke are in a, are in a tight battle here. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, rankings are going to, are going to shift. I think the, um, you know, to me, like what I'm more interested in right now is the net because the net is what determines those quad one wins. And I think right as of the other day, the only team uh, in the WCC that would qualify as a quote, as a quad one win would be at San Francisco, which I thought was interesting. Because I think I think quad one on the road is top 75 in the net, um, which, you know, feels like a very big range, first of all. But they were the only one as of the other day. I'm, I I know the net changes every day, though. Yeah, the net's wild. I don't fully understand it. But um, <laughs> oh, and of course, right now, UConn's losing by nine to Seton Hall. So what what is happening? God of course they are. Of course they are. God I fucking hate them. I wonder what. Oh, Donovan Klingon got hurt. Oh, well, that's injured. one way to win against UConn. So he, he might have injured that same foot, but he's got some sort of foot injury. So that's uh, that's 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 big for UConn. <laughs> they don't have him. They ain't. They're not competing for a title again. I don't think. All right. Well, let's pivot from the chaotic world of college basketball and Dan take us into the college football transfer portal world. Well, on that side of things, just every five star that USC had on their roster seems to be leaving. So uh, that's good. Um, the The headliner there is is five star quarterback Malachi Nelson, who I think was the number one player in the class last year. He is bouncing. And uh, I think it's probably due to the fact that Lincoln Riley was was shopping in the portal looking for a more experienced quarterback. So uh, Malachi Nelson is gone. They lost some five-star defensive players. But as we know, those guys never showed up because their defense was non-existent. <laughs> um, and just the whole college football world is just crazy. Like you have these these kids in high school that get recruited that are, you know, remaining somewhat loyal to to a to a program to a school and then it's the the allure of the transfer portal and bringing in somebody older somebody proven which i totally get like that's probably going to be the better player for that year um so it just changes all of high school recruiting and it, it it's just a wild wild world that honestly i don't like to see because to me you know lincoln riley right now is going after probably all rumors are will howard quarterback for kansas state who'd come in for one year and to by by bringing him in he gets guy for one year and then kind of loses the program that he's building with the players that he's recruited and trying to develop which it's probably a two-way street i think part of that is the players want to say hey i want to i 
I need to go somewhere to play. And then Lincoln Riley, I think, also feels a ton of pressure in having to go in and compete in the Big Ten next year. And a guy like Will Howard probably gives him a better chance to do that. So I don't really know how to feel about it other than it's just weird. Um, I think, you know, USC's sake, it's just a lot of a lot of talent that seems to be coming out the door, not a whole lot coming in, uh, which is not a good recipe. Uh, but I know on the Notre Dame side, you guys look like you have a nice little quarterback over there and not really little either. No, he's a he's a big guy. I'm excited for next year. It feels like, um, I mean, what Sam Harkman played well, but I think it's exciting to get a, a younger guy. Um, yeah, but for the transfers, I, I think like you got to bring back where players have to sit out like a year if they train, unless it's like if it's like family related or you know there's like a medical thing. You know, there's a good reason. Yes, have like the process where you approve waivers that they can display immediately. If a coach leaves, you know, open it up. Yep. But you can't just – because now coaches don't have to just, you know, recruit players. They now have to find players from other schools and, like, defend their own. It's yeah. it's wild. Like, you yeah. have to make sure everybody's happy. Um, And now, like, if I was a school like Memphis, like, I'd be going to high schools, finding, like, five-star quarterback, and be like, hey, come to us. You'll play immediately – You'll look great, and then maybe you can go to USC or whatever. Because you're not going to go one year to the NFL. I I just be advertising myself as basically like a minor leagues. <laughs> yeah, like a trainer school. Because, yeah. No, it's know. it's weird, man. It is it is strange. I feel like it's going to be the just the way to go too, especially when it comes to quarterbacks. Like Oregon got got Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma, and then they also got another five star kid from UCLA, Dante Moore, and. Um, I, I don't, I don't get it. It's weird. And then you also have, have guys that are like threatening to go to the transfer portal and then trying to like renegotiate their NIL money at their current school. So it's, it's totally the wild, wild west free agency. Um, I think it sucks to see that it, it, you know, that is happening and it kind of takes away just how programs are built and recruiting and finding a class and building a team. Like now you have no idea what you're going to have year to year. And Football is a whole lot harder to piece together than basketball. So, um, you know, it's uh, definitely, definitely interesting to watch. That's for sure. Yeah. There's going to be some wild, like 30 for 30 style documentaries in like 10 years covering this era where it's yeah. just going to be like everything under the surface because there's just so much that's in the dark and murky about like why players leave, why coaches leave, what drew them where, you know, and, you know, probably the majority of it is in good faith, but there's just, there's no way a hundred percent of all these moves are, uh, you know, I guess there's not even like over the up and up because there's no rules. So it's like, you're not breaking any rules if there are no rules. That is, that is very, very true. And I feel like we could talk about this topic all day long, but it's just something that we're just going to have to deal with, unfortunately. Uh, but moving on from college football and, and kind of wrapping up, wrapping up this episode, we are flying Jake. I feel like this, this thing's flowing. We're crushing it out here, but uh, NFL, um, pretty pretty wild week. There was some there's some stuff that happened, and I think nothing more dramatic, uh, potentially more uh, heart heart wrenching than than your Chicago Bears, Jake. Um, God, just let's hear it. Just they they are doing their best to lose every single game. Like they'll be up by ten going to the like not even going into the fourth, like five minutes left in the fourth and just managing to lose in spectacular ways. Uh, 
this game against the Browns was capped by a 55-yard Hail Mary with time expiring by Justin Fields. Beautiful pass, by the way. Um, gets tipped down, lands in Darnell Mooney's hands, and he just develops a muscle spasm and kicks it into the Browns player's arms for an interception. Um, yeah, I think our good friend Zamblin sent us a text where it, or a, a tweet uh, where it said, the three games that the the Bears were up by like ten or more in the fourth against the Browns, Lions, and Broncos, it was like the chance of them losing all of those. It was like point zero zero three percent. And if you turn all those losses into wins, we are eight and five or whatever, and very much in the wild card spot. So I don't know. I I just don't know. I guess it's good for uh draft picks you know because somehow the panthers won that was a great you know cherry on top of that they win nine six thanks a lot falcons thanks for <laughs> benching Bijan robinson all the time fucking arthur smith um so hopefully we have the first and like fifth pick which in this draft should be really valuable but i'm just frustrated i be- i had believed that we could make a playoff run last week and now it's just completely dead so Ugh. Well, the belief was there for I think the the right reasons. Like the Bears look like a look like a solid team. Um, obviously their offense and maybe more so decision making by by uh, Mister oh, Flutes there not kicking was... the field goal on fourth and one, four seconds going into the half <laughs> when it, you're on the thirty five. What is that? We lost by a field goal. Yeah, yeah. No faith in the operation to get it done and. Probably more concerned about getting it blocked and returned the other way. I don't know. They thought maybe they'd pull Jets and try and score, but instead the other team runs it back and you lose all momentum. But uh, that was that was a crazy game. Um, the capper, Monday Night Football Seahawks-Eagles, that was absolutely outrageous. I know Zambi was there. I wish I wish we could, we could hear his uh, eyewitness account there, but that game was crazy. The Seahawks look like they're alive for the playoffs all of a sudden when they look dead. Yeah, they are Drew Locke coming out of nowhere, playing like one of the probably most entertaining games of like the last like three weeks at least. It was it was amazing. Yeah. And on the other side of that coin, you got the Eagles that are just stumbling, not looking good at all. Yeah. Um, and then and- the Bills also just like ramping up to what they now look like Super Bowl contenders again. I, I think they are Super Bowl contenders. I think if if the Bills get into the playoffs. I would think that they they're they're going to go to the Super Bowl. I think Bills Niners, that that's what we're going to see based on based on what I saw Sunday, which is quite an overreaction. And I know it's you know week by week in the NFL, but um, Cooper's Cowboys will not be going to a Super Bowl if they have to go on the road, and they're going to have to go on the road. Yeah, because imagine what you're like the Colts or Texans, who's probably going to win the well, no, or is it Jaguars still favored to win the AFC South? Jags still have the inside track with the tiebreakers. And then you play the Bills, probably, right? And the wild card. Bills come to Jacksonville, yeah. Yeah. I'm not taking the Jags in that game. Like, Well, what's crazy about the Bills is there's still a very realistic possibility that they can win the East with the Dolphins because the Dolphins play the Cowboys this week. They play the Ravens after that. And then – they play the Bills week 18. So if the Bills win out that week 18 game, 
Miami against Buffalo is for the division and Buffalo already beat them once. So they have the tiebreaker. So the bills, I, I honestly, if I'm making a decision today and betting on it today, I think the bills are going to win the AFC East. I guess I think uh, what this Dolphins Cowboys game, that's the biggest who is for real, who are frauds because yeah. the Dolphins have not beat really a good team. They've just had an easy ass schedule. And then the Cowboys, every time people start to believe in them, they lose spectacularly. So we're going to see who who can actually win a big-time game. Yes, we will. That that should be that should be a hell of a game. And then you got the Niners that just look like a wagon. But they've got, they got Niners-Ravens on Monday Night Football on Christmas. Hell yeah. That's going to be awesome. Like, that sure. is one of the best. Good job, NFL. You've done it again. Do the Warriors play on uh, Christmas Day too? They do. Basically, yeah. I'll just be watching all the uh, Bay Area sports with my wife. So I was gonna say, I was gonna say, Izzy's gonna have herself one hell of a Christmas. Well, hopefully, if they if they both lose, it could be a very sad Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't want that. We don't want that for you guys. But uh, but yeah, I feel like that's kind of okay. Last last question: Justin Fields was still still the guy, right? I mean. I think he it well it's so weird it's like he'll have a couple bad plays which is okay but then there's so many plays where just the receivers just drop it like the Darnell Mooney one or also uh there was some other just wide open drop like oh uh, uh Tunyon yeah I was like oh okay like what what do you want him to do meanwhile Miles Garrett is just sprinting through the hole unchecked and I don't I think this game, this week against the Cardinals is big for two reasons. One, pretty shitty defense. You should be able to score a lot. This is your highlight tape. Make a reel for the coaches. Don't give them a reason to draft a quarterback. Two, I need him for my semifinal fantasy football matchup. This is big for me. Jackson's rejected to beat me. I'm the one seed. I don't like that. Uh, I would love a big big time show out from Justin Fields. Yeah, that is that 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 is going to be crucial. I think uh Justin Fields, you see some of the plays that that he does make. There aren't many quarterbacks that 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 can make some of those. Like it's a Mahomes, it's a Lamar Jackson like type of escapability that is a special talent that Caleb Williams is definitely showcased at the college level, but who's to say that same type of talent will be there in the pros. So I do think Justin Fields is a unique talent. Um, obviously him being hurt for majority of the year, like you can look at the bears record and be like, Oh, Justin Fields is their quarterback. They're, they're not good enough to go to the playoffs, but um, to me, a really tough decision for him. I'm, I'm very, it's going to be fascinating to kind of follow and see the developments of that one. I think one of the biggest, what ifs is what if the Niners had drafted Justin Fields instead of Trey Lance, that would have been just the running on that offense. Like, I and maybe they wouldn't even be as good now just because Brock, I don't think Brock Purdy would have gotten the chance to play and he probably wouldn't even be a you know star. And I don't want to take anything away from him. He's playing amazing, but like it's an interesting uh scenario. It is. And I'm sure that we will continue to talk about this as it is a, a week by week thing. And uh the draft will be here in a few months, and maybe we are all Chicago Bears fans with you, Jake, because our boy Caleb is slinging the rock for you. I- I don't know. I want Marvin Harrison. We can get both great, but the number one priority is Marvin Harrison Jr. In my opinion, 
the last thing I'll say on this, and it does go back to our transfer portal uh, conversation earlier. Have you seen any of the stuff that like allegedly they're trying to get Caleb to go to Ohio state to play with Marvin Harrison and just pay them both like $20 million. I did not see. I thought I saw a rumor that like some team was trying to get Marvin Harrison to go somewhere for 20 million, but it wouldn't surprise me if Ohio state does that. Yeah. That they're trying to like lure Caleb over there and have him play with Marvin Harrison. Uh, yeah. So if that were to happen, college football would be so broken and so beyond repair. Right. You would have to start putting like a salary cap into it. Uh-huh. You would. You would. Well, I think that's the show, Jake. Anything anything else that uh, we missed? No, I think that was perfect. And I mean, we covered all, all of our bases, had some good points. And most importantly, five minutes to spare before this Jacksonville State tip-off. All right. Last last thing then. Uh, final score prediction for this Jacksonville State game. Oh, we got to check what the spread is too. Shit. 26 um, and a half. What is it? 26 and a half. Ooh, I think I, we got to take that. Uh, I'm going to say 94, 58 Zags. I want to break 100 tonight. I'm going to go 101, 54 and just get all the bad bad vibes out. Go, go light it up. Hit 10 threes. Get the fans tacos. If that's what they get. Do they still get tacos? I don't know what they get. Um, they get something. And uh, let's have some fun watching us watching us beat up on uh, Dion's former school. You mean Colorado? <laughs> They'll probably leave eventually. <laughs> There's no way. But there we go. That's the show. And we won't see everyone uh, until probably the new year. So... Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I, we probably should preview the college football playoff today. With well, that well, well, we might be able to, to slide on before. We'll, we'll find some time. Or maybe right. two uh, some. <laughs> maybe, maybe another part in my drink for, for the people. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And go Zags. Go Zags.